0: Hello, and welcome to the Sugar Mama Show, where I, Sugar Mama, invite guests who I find interesting and who have a story to share with you. Today's guest is a mom and a wife, and um, experienced about a year and a half ago um, the pinch of the, I guess now we call it the economic recession, Um, pinch is sort of a modest term, but she experienced a vulnerability that uh, most of us can relate to, but um, even more of us simply have nightmares about. But my guest's story is actually one of survival. Um, she's someone who took a risk professionally when, and this was before the passing of Steve Jobs, where taking a risk was what well, is now considered like the new black. But um, my guest took a risk professionally when she probably shouldn't have, but she did and she survived and prevailed. So hers is a story of survival and inspiration. I introduce you to Tracy Willard. Thank you so much for being on. Thanks, Sugar Mama. Happy to be here. And um, I'm just wondering if you could sort of backtrack a little bit, just to give us a benchmark about kind of where you were socioeconomically before the recession. I know there's not a date for that, but... Um, just to tell us sort of where you were and then maybe you could guide us, um, to that, that moment on the ledge, so to speak. <laughs>
1: sure. Um, well, I was a teacher for many years, for 15 years, really. Um, and after 10 years of teaching in California, my husband and I moved to Bozeman, Montana, where he was born and raised. Um, so we could raise our two daughters, our first daughter at that time, um, and so we sold our house down in uh, San Diego and moved up to Montana and lived an awesome life. You know, when you sell a house in Southern California and you move to a small town in Montana, yeah. life is good. Big house. Yeah, so we had an awesome house and um, a great life. My husband was working. I was got to stay home with the kids primarily, two little girls. Um, and I started teaching at the university there, just really part time, just to keep my foot in education because I'm passionate about education. Um, and spending time with my girls, and life was just rolling along, yeah, amazingly. It was awesome, yeah,
0: yeah. So, so tell us. You know, um, a lot of us. It's, it's funny how we talk about the the, the recession, and, and there isn't a moment when you lose everything. But maybe you could share with us, sort of. Um, well, when you and I spoke earlier, things starting to slip away, and maybe how it started, and and sort of how it, what the, where the bottom was.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, my husband is pretty entrepreneurial. And so he was always dreaming of different, you know, um, business ventures. And, uh, I was really encouraging that. I don't know. I just had no fear of him taking a risk and he's kind of a risk taker. Um, Anyway, and so, and life just always seemed to work out for us previously. You know, we would buy a house, sell it, do fine, move to Montana, everything was great. So I just never imagined that, I don't know, um, that something we tried wouldn't work out, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I guess. Um, And so he wanted to start his own business in uh, the foreign exchange market, Um, just kind of a really creative out there thing he wanted to do. Um, So he started doing that. And... I was still working part-time at the university making very little money, which seemed fine. Um, and just trying to think back, you know. Um, so we were going along okay, and he was raising the venture capital for his for his company. Um, and we just believed it would come in and felt very positive right. about it. Um, but then when it actually seemed very suddenly when the whole, you know, stock market and real yeah. estate thing hit. You know, I was not involved in all of that at all because I was just in education and into my kids. But so I think um, the venture capital that he thought was coming in, those investors just kind of said, oh, no way. You know, we're not about to take a risk and invest in anything new right now. And they all lost a bunch of money and everything that happened. So basically, um, I think we started spinning downward <laughs> before we even realized it. You right. know, a couple months get by And you're thinking, well, the money's going to come in. And in the meantime, you have credit cards. So you can still kind of live the life you've been living, you know, um, where you're used to things coming fairly easily. And so I feel like it took us a while to really realize we were spinning down. And then when we did, it still takes a while to, I don't know, make a plan and stop living the way you were, where you're spending money. And not anything hugely extravagant, just, you know, the kids are in piano lessons and in soccer, and then you want to take them to art classes every now and then. Sure, everyday life. Yeah, everyday life. And we love to entertain, have friends over for dinner, and drink good wine, you know. So um, we're just living our life, and uh, in the meantime, all the money stops coming in, and we lived on credit for a little while before we could get our feet under us, and really both of us take stock of where we were. Um, And I you know, was naively sort of blind to the whole thing and just trusted my husband um, to handle it, which was also a little unfair on my part because he handled mm-hmm. all the
0: responsibility of it.
1: And I just was in not knowing.
0: Well, it's sort of the traditional family setup, not to sound like the 50s, but, you know, it's yeah. it's the ideal.
1: Yeah, a little bit. I was just busy with the kids and, you know, believed in him and trusted and he he in no way you know broke my t- trust really you know he was doing his best you know and it was all the responsibility fell to him, but when we finally kind of got our feet under us I mean we had fallen where we had no money coming in all of our credit cards were then you know maxed out so we knew to stop there right. we're barely you know made our house payments for probably too long with looking back now mm-hmm. that there's a point where you just have to say we can't do that. Um, And we did get to that point where um, we were trying to live off my tiny little salary from the university. I mean, we just did not have money coming in. I mean, barely none. And then the credit cards were done. So how do you then live? You know, so then we start having garage sales to try to sell, you know, everything we have. And, you know, a couple months later, our house goes into foreclosure. Mm-hmm. And that gets printed in the paper in our little small town, which was a super fun day.
0: <laughs> so let me ask you, though, how how that was. Did you did you feel that everyone else was going through the same thing, or or were you the only ones? Yeah. W-
1: or no way. I just thought we were the only ones, for sure. Right. So you kept it secret. Kind of. I mean, it wasn't something really easy to share. Right. So yeah, we were just trying to take stock of it ourselves um, and just how scary it is how hard it is to talk about with your husband even right because there's you know could be blame and misunderstanding and right uh, you know fear and just total anger and frustration like yeah he's mad if I go spend money I'm frustrated because I don't Mm -hmm. know why you know like what's happened why we don't have any what am I going to do with the kids here what am I going to do about this bill or that or just school lunches um, you know, the school fundraisers, you know, just all the little bills that come your way or the things that you need to pay for, um, field trips, whatnot, you know, and yeah, we just truly don't early. have the money for it. So yeah, just a feeling of total fear and kind of hopelessness for how are we going to get out of this? Or I don't know. And communication, you know, it's very hard on the marriage, Sure. you know, um, Sure. just where your mind can go and, um,
0: so you, so you, your house is in foreclosure, you're losing your house.
1: Yes, <clears throat> our house was in foreclosure um, and we decided to try to sell it though, have a short mm-hmm. sale. Um, and so like I said, we had a lot of garage sales, just trying to get rid of everything to simplify our life. You know, we got sold a car, we were down to one car, um, which is fine, but in Montana in the winter and. It's, you know, nobody's really walking or riding their bike anywhere, (laughs) so it presented challenges. Um, And then the whole time, you know, we are living in this great house, and we had had a lot of nice things and lived this life, and people don't really know what's going on. Mm -hmm. So then there's that whole aspect there of just sort of shame Mm -hmm. and embarrassment, and um, that was really a big part of it. It's funny, because looking back now, I don't, I feel like, gosh, I shouldn't have been so ashamed. But I just, it was really embarrassing and hard to share with people sure. what was going on. So I didn't talk to a lot of people, you know. And then, you know, as far as feeding our family, um, I just realized that, you know, we would go to the food bank, but I used to like volunteer at the food bank and right. donate a ton to the food bank. And you suddenly know? you're there. And so then to go in and sign up for the food, I just, it was just
0: so, so hard that- for me to do. So these are food stamps. Well, that was the food
1: bank. And I was just, I actually never ended up, I would go to the food bank and get bread and things, but you can sign up to be part of their program where you get like consistent weekly food. And I never did do that because I just, it was just too hard for me to do. But I did go down to the office of public assistance and apply for food stamps because um, someone had told me you know, you guys could get food stamps. Um, when I was mentioning (laughs) our situation to a family member actually. And, um, so I did, I went down to the, to the office of public assistance and filled out the application for food stamps. And then you meet with a person who analyzes your paperwork and Mm -hmm. we qualified for emergency money right then. So I got a food stamp card, which it's a little card, which I had no idea what this would be like, you know? So I got a card right then. Um, and it had like $300 on it. So right then I could go to the market and buy food.
0: Right. And, and I should mention, and I, I'm just going to interject here for a minute. I should mention that Tracy, um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but both you and your husband come from fine families, educated. This is not, there's no history of, of this <laughs> in your family. This is not, you know, food stamps breeds food stamps breeds food stamps. This is a unique situation. So anyway, I just wanted to, to state that, of course, you would not know what a food card looked like. Yeah, <laughs> no. Um, so yeah, I I go and, you know, get
1: the food stamp. But it was amazing to have that because right. I stocked up on food for my kids, you know, for their lunches and the stuff they love and, you know, good dinners because we've been, um, you know, struggling with that a lot right. and getting really creative. And what really did you tell your at- kids
0: during all this time? Um,
1: I You know, I don't even, it's hard to remember. It was so, such a stressful time. I was just hanging on <laughs> to yeah. my peace of mind and trying to be like a happy mom. And then, an, right. you know, right. an engaged mom. And um, I, they didn't know much. I mean, they knew money was definitely tight because right. they heard us saying that costs too much. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, or we can't do that. I mean, I took them out of everything piano was over, the sports, right. you know, they were in no extracurricular activities, which actually was, they were quite happy about because we bonded a lot at home, right. you know, I mean, it really slowed our life down. There's so many blessings that came out of it. It's not even funny. Right, right. But, I mean, seriously.
0: And of course, now that you're on the other side, which which I'd like to get to, so I would say losing your house and being on food stamps would be considered the bottom for you. Yeah, it was
1: close to that time right. when I kind of
0: <laughs> when I kind of hit the bottom. It was um
1: you know, in the end we did end up selling our house in a mm-hmm. short sale, which was quite a process, but um thanks to my husband who was on the phone every single day with the bank for a year and a half right. um, trying to make this happen and on it and dealing. But I think the bottom for me came when I um, you know, in all honesty, Got scared for my marriage because of my thoughts about my husband and our situation and um when I felt myself turning to being so critical of what he was doing or mm-hmm. what I perceived he wasn't doing or just watching him and thinking what and what are you doing you right. know I've gone and I've got us at least food stamps or whatever and as soon as it was one day when I just I just was going down this road in my mind of being so critical of him and um it's just hard to remember yeah, because no. he's so awesome but um
0: well it's interesting you know i um i have a friend who's a therapist who she said one day she was exhausted and she had nine back-to-back patients in one day and she said you know everyone says this is the time when everyone needs therapy and no one goes to therapy she's seeing a switch and she said of those nine eight were men and either married or divorced men but um this this demasculization if that's a word or that kind of machismo of providing for your family that's inherent within their core just as making babies is supposed to be our core mm-hmm. <laughs> that when that's taken away um, whether by circumstance or by by their own fault it's um, which I'm not saying that it is it's just yours is the the first the former um, you know it's they don't who are they and and they can't answer that. Yeah. I mean, I think he was
1: going through his own struggle, obviously. Right. And um, our communication was difficult at that time because mm-hmm. I was just, you know, trying, so, yeah, I like I said, trying to be the mom, you know, great right. mom. And he was trying to be a great dad. And, you know, but I just knew that I could not let this situation. I mean, what I always told him before he did his, his, um, business I said go for it babe you know right, go for it right. do whatever I'm not afraid of losing anything I don't need money and I'm not afraid of losing money I said I know you and I know me and if we were ever to it's funny that I would said this like two years before if we were ever to you know hit bottom or lose everything who cares I know us we the very next day we would be on our journey back up right you know we would figure out a way and we would start working back up I mean I mean, it's so—that's exactly what happened to us. It's so true, but I wouldn't say it's not the very next day, and it's not as easy as that to get your feet under you and go like, "Okay, so we're down here." It's hard to even realize, (laughs) yeah, we're screwed. Where you are, so anyway, it was the day when I was so critical. I felt myself getting critical of my husband, and I just thought I cannot let this ruin our marriage and our family. Right. I mean, that would be the worst thing—is to do that to our kids and to have us us fall apart. Um, and so I just got so scared as that happened and I, bottom for me was a day that I actually went into our closet, which is a little walk-in closet. It's not like I was, anyway, walk-in closet. (laughs) I went in there and just was falling apart. I couldn't even, Mm -hmm. I mean, I just was bawling my eyes out and just afraid and frustrated and just laid down on the floor of my closet, just thinking where, what am I going to do? And Right. So, you know, I have a really strong faith. And so I basically just begged God for a direction. I remember specifically my prayer was, give me a direction. I have to put my energy somewhere other than being critical of my husband Um, and mad and frustrated and irritated at our situation. I mean, I think those emotions were actually good because they would give me drive soon. But they were just, I was just so ticked off. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> at where I was and I'm like this is not okay with me this is not a situation where I can stay like this I mean and I just cannot blame my husband I knew that right. was the wrong way to go but that's where my mind was kind of going so I just prayed and prayed for direction and um when I finally pulled myself off the floor cuz how long can you sit there and cry right. and nothing happens You'd you be know? surprised so I know <laughs> So I went out on a walk um, on the trails around our house, put on big, fat, dark sunglasses because my eyes were <laughs> puffy and red, and I bumped into a friend who introduced me to um, a business opportunity that I never, ever thought I would do. You know, So that was kind of bottom for me was that day, and it was also the turnaround day for right.
0: me. Right. So I'm going to interject here again. Um, this is the second reason why uh, I brought Tracy in. First is just so we could feel um, – her pain, <laughs> and while some of us are personalizing it, just just to show how that that really can happen and has happened to people that we know and love, but that um, Tracy now on this day, on her walk or run, um, what changed her life was taking a risk with, um, and and you'll explain more, but with a company who is renowned, but a business model that's that's often under quite a bit of stru- scrutiny, and considering where you were in your tolerance for risk factor with your husband. Um, I was so impressed with you making the next few steps you're about to tell us you made.
1: Thank you. Um, yeah, so I bumped into my friend who um, was working with a direct selling company with skincare. Um, and I had seen that she was doing that. And I just, something that I never considered, you know, Obviously, during that time when things were hard, I was looking for other teaching jobs. But the university, just my part-time job there, was quite demanding on my time, actually, and right. um, keeping me fairly busy. So I couldn't necessarily get a full-time teaching job. I couldn't even get an interview, you know, teaching, yeah. education. There wasn't a lot of jobs out there. But anyway, so I knew um, I needed to do something. I had just prayed for just any direction. I said, whatever direction it is, I will do it. You know, just please give me a direction. And 30 minutes later, you run into someone. (laughs) Seriously. It was like 15 minutes later. It was this time when I've had like the most direct sort of like answer to a prayer. Like Mm -hmm. it was so obvious to me when I bumped into her because what she said was, I said, how are you? You know, you're working. She worked with one of my friends in in her marketing job. How's your job with our friend? And she said, oh, I actually, I quit my job. And I just, I go, Seriously? why? What What in the world? Who's quitting their job right now? Like, I would give anything for a good paying job. Um, and she said, well, my um, other business is making more money than my marketing job was. And so I've replaced that income. And it's more secure for me. And now I can work around my kid's schedule and volunteer at school and be out here on a walk midday. Dream come true. Know. Yeah. So I just said, are you serious? I mean, it totally caught my attention. Right. And I said, tell me about what you're doing is this something that I could do, you know? And so she started telling me about the products that she represented. And you can say what company? It's Rodan
0: and Fields Dermatologist, and I just and, and Rodan and Fields they are the um, the masterminds behind Proactive. Yeah, which and is also a direct is that a direct selling also or just... Proactive is not Proactive <laughs> is sold on
1: infomercials as most people right. know, and it's right? All around the world, um,
0: and this and. Okay, so this is just a different line, different lines and different. A different company,
1: life. but by the same, by the two women who created Proactive Solution, I've started a new company. So she starts telling me about that. These are the creators of Proactive. They're real medicines that, you know, mm-hmm. help people's skincare issues. It's basically dermatology brought out of the clinic and into people's homes. And, you know, right there, I was impressed and felt good about that because mm-hmm. I thought maybe it would be another, you know, makeup and all right, of that. which. Right. Right, I'm not that
0: Mary Kay and Avon and right all I thought maybe parties. it was like
1: that but I knew I knew I was going to do it almost immediately because of the situation I just told right, you about walking right. out of my closet and saying <laughs> I'm dying for direction and here this girl tells me I've got a business you right. can do it too and, and angels and were I just, flying and the sun came down yes, no I know and the birds were <laughs> chirping on my shoulder I mean I just knew but I was like okay what am I what am I going to have to do here and i was like basically rolling my eyes looking up going really this is the thing you know one of these things really like i just was not
0: well and let's you talk know. about that one of these things i mean there is there is the stigma attached to direct selling and network marketing um, business models and um and you know there's especially as a mom because i'm a mom too as are you you see a lot of the monavis driving around and there's always the latest network marketing of the day so you can stay home with your kids and you know have flexible hours and you make your own money and hours and and it can be very tempting and it never pans out and it always seems to be a scam but in your case of course it is not so now the tone is changing to the angels have sung and now tracy is um on the upswing hopefully so so maybe tell us a little bit about how um Kind of your first introduction into it, and then we can kind of fast forward to where you are today. Okay,
1: yeah. So she tells me about um, the background of the company, um, which was impressive—proven products in high-end department stores and all that. These same products, and so I realized. I went home and I told my husband about it right away. And being, you know, entrepreneurial and business-minded, he he was knew the downside of direct selling or the negative mm-hmm. image but he also believed in it as a business model from his right. finance and business background so he says it's a great business model he says if the products are awesome and you're in at the beginning i mean that's two things that would make this a compelling thing he says i think this sounds amazing right and it was an established brand you know with proactive um i mean that's incredible and that's what a lot of those other companies you name didn't have was an established right. Brand presence and reputation. I mean, these doctors, Katie Rodan and Kathy Fields, um, were so well known—the best known dermatologists probably in the world—and I mean, I even knew their name and knew Proactive. You know, mm-hmm. um, bumping into my friend. Um, so we got that. So you know, I jumped in fairly quickly. Like I said, I went home, told Scott, and um, you know, at that time, even just the small initial investment was challenging.
0: Which was how much.
1: Um, well, there was a couple options, but $695. Right. Um, when you're not being able to buy food for your kids' lunchboxes, right. you know, you don't have 695 And we had no credit cards because, you know, of obviously course. we weren't going down that road again. Um, so I basically had to take out a business loan. I called some people who love me, my mom and dad, and said, I have a business idea. Um, not idea, but opportunity. And uh, would you be willing to make an a investment in me and in this business opportunity um, and told them about it. And so they loaned me the money to get started, um, which was amazing. Um, so yeah. And then, you know, my biggest insecurity about starting the business was, you know, I knew the the negative um, image that direct selling had out mm-hmm. there. And I just thought, well, who am I to think, number one, I'm either too good for that mm-hmm. business, which is Something I I had to say, like, get over yourself, Trace. Like, you can do this. What, are you too good to go out there and work hard for your family? No, you know, um, and I got to let go of what other people are thinking about me. You know, I kind of told myself that, okay, I'm just going to go for this. I have to do this for my kids and for how ticked off I am at the situation we're in and for my husband and for our marriage. And I need to contribute Um, because all the pressure, as I said, had been on my husband. Um, And so I, anyway, jumped in. And, you know, it didn't take me long. I really plugged into all the training and support that was there. And that was big for me because I said right. I am not a salesperson. And, um, you know, I'm not a business person, really. I'm not that business minded. I was just into educate, education and having right. a significant impact on people's lives as a teacher. Um, so um, I just plugged into all the training that was available. And there was a ton. And everything just, I, I mean was so inspiring and life-changing for me not even on a financial front um although it was but um also just on a personal personal growth sort of journey mm-hmm. you know about um i don't know believing in yourself and you know d- spending time on your own personal growth and and your own education on making yourself a more effective person and a better community member and a better friend mm-hmm. and a, so i plugged into all that training and uh started making good money. You know, I earned back that initial investment in my first month in the business, which right That's there right. was huge so I could make a payment back to, you know, my my parents for the loan um and paid them off really quickly and started bringing in a little bit of money. I mean, to start a new business and be profitable in, you know, yeah, 45 days, incredible. <laughs> so, yeah, and then after about 4 months, my check was double what I was making at the university. So right there I knew, okay, my time is so much better spent working on my Rodan and Fields business than it is at the university. So at the end of that semester, I, um, left the university, stopped teaching there and supervising there, um, and put all my time into my Rodan and Fields business. So
0: just as your friend on the, on the walk or on the the mm -hmm. hike, you know, quit your other job for this one. Yeah.
1: So that happened fairly quickly. Um, and then I had a lot of growth to do on learning how to do this business, you know, and Mm -hmm. I was up in that small town and Montana, and um, but I knew I had a big network of people back in Southern California, and everyone I'd gone to college with, and all my friends. Right. So, I just started um, working my business, you know, on on the phone, on the internet, calling people, plugging into the training, doing what they told me to do, and um, my organization just grew and grew. You know, <laughs>
0: well, and it's it's interesting to think so. So that that day in the closet was about a year ago. Would you no, say? it's too... Two years ago. Two years. So here mm-hmm. you are two years later, um, I'm assuming off the food stamps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> and, happened quickly. And <laughs> we only were on
1: those for two months. And as soon as you make a certain paycheck, you know, you need to – I was so scared of um, – I did not want to, like, abuse that or break any rule, you know. So right. we had this food stamp card, and as soon as our, my paycheck came in, I think it was my second month um, – in the business, that um, it was over the amount that would qualify mm-hmm. you anymore. So I called, you know, the office mid-month, and I said, "Should I stop using the card? You know, because I've just got my paycheck and it's more." <laughs> and she's like, "No, you've already got the card. You can finish out this month. Don't worry. Right. You just next month we won't, you know, renew money on the card." And I have, I mean, I have to tell you, that was a fun. I was that super was happy day. to make that phone call because, yeah, that was not some place I wanted
0: to stay. Right. So, and and today, you um, do not have to fill in with any teaching or or part-time work. You're you're basically putting food on the table, and then some, from what I understand. You don't have to quantify what you bring home every month, but if you could see what I'm looking at, very healthy, beautiful person who I think is doing very well.
1: (laughs) Yes. No, I I support our family now. Like, I pay all of our monthly living expenses with my Rodan and Fields business, and I mean... But we have such huge dreams now, too, because that's the beauty. Another beautiful thing about this industry of direct selling is that you really, there's no cap on what you can create for yourself and your family or your income. And if you dream it and you are willing to put in the work, you can be self disciplined and do it. It's all under my control, it's all in my hands, you know? And that's, incredibly wonderful in these times where there's not a lot of job security out there. and There's not a lot of control in what you can make, certainly in education. I mean, it's another world for me to be here. I can't believe that I'm getting paid to still have an incredible significance in people's lives. You know, as I mentioned in education, that's what I loved. I thought I'd be in education forever. But I am finding that as I build my own success and help other people start and build their own businesses... I mean, I'm having so much more of a profound significance in people's lives um, than I ever imagined. And I mean, yeah, and I'm just dreaming so big for not only my family, but for the impact that I can have or the positive you know, things that I can do with my success, both financially and just um, sort of emotionally, you know, and being a significant, I don't know, member of the community that I live in and. All of that, with all of the networking that I've learned about and connecting with people, and anyway, it's changed—it's changed my life dramatically, um, and not just financially, but certainly financially. I mean, our dreams are big, and my husband um, has joined me in in business in my Rodano Fields business because we see that this business is going to be the thing that provides for our family for the long term, because it creates a residual income. You know, when you're getting paid like royalties off of the work of other people which is basically what this business model offers. You know, it's so unfortunate that it has such a negative um, image out there because it really has changed my life dramatically and so many other people that I'm working with now, my personal business partners and mm-hmm. down below them too. So,
0: Well, I'd like to encourage anyone who um, would like to find out more information on Rodan and Fields with Tracy, I can put it on our website on how to contact her. Um I I invited Tracy on because she is a survivor and she's inspiring and she's someone we can all relate to and and she has um she's she's not a victim and she found peace and happiness in in a business that a lot of us don't know about so I encourage you to reach out and and look into that and I just want to thank you so much for being on the Sugar Mama show it's been lovely so fun and um, I on that note, I will wrap it up and I will chat with you all next week. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.